Turn and tell somebody he is in this place already. Come on, tell somebody he is in this place. You can go ahead and be seated for just a minute. Hallelujah. That's how you start out a Sunday service right there. And that's just the opening song to get y'all to come in here and sit down. Well, that's what it's for. It's to get y'all to come in here and sit down. Because y'all want to drink a lot of coffee. and, and, And I like that. I don't have a problem with that. But, you know, no. You know, that's why you do an opening song, so you can just kind of get everybody to come sit down. (laughs) All right, listen, grab your bulletin, because there's a couple things I need you to be aware about in there. Doorkeepers of Revival, Breaking Anointing, that is this Friday over in Vider, Texas. We're going to leave here at 3 o'clock. That is Paul and Kim Owen from Fresh Start Church over in Phoenix, Arizona, that's been in sustained revival for six years now miracles flowing 
and they're coming to the area to minister. So you know what? We're going to leave here at 3 o'clock on Friday and go over there and, and be there about 6 o'clock so we can get in and have a place to sit because it is going to be packed. And uh, when it's over, we'll just drive back. So uh, we'll have the bus. we got 25 spots. If you want to come, make sure you tell me you want to come because at 3 o'clock, that puppy's rolling out the door. So at 3.01, we'll wave at you as we pass. We're going to be like we in a parade. But I don't know if you've ever listened to them preach. Paul can preach. Kim can preach. Their, their services are two and three and four hours long. I watch them, and I'm telling you, it is amazing. This song, Send the Rain, right? That's, they wrote that. There, there's a lot of songs. She just wrote her book, Doorkeepers of Revival, and the Lord uh, released them to go out and minister. So 3 o'clock on Friday, we're rolling out. But before we get there, today at 4 o'clock we're going to leave because we're going to go up to uh, Bentley, Louisiana, to the little church we've been ministering to. And we're going to go up there, and we're going we're gonna to have a good time. We're going to bring some live worship in there, and we're going to preach and, and have a Holy Ghost revival. Uh, this is a church that we're, we're trying to help revitalize. Uh, so if you want to come, last time I think we had about 18 of us, and uh, we packed everything, and we just rolled. So we're going to leave here at uh, 4 o'clock so we can get there because it's uh, about 55 minutes. So we can get there at 5 so we can set up our worship because we actually have to bring our worship team with us. Uh, it takes us about 15, 20 minutes to set up. But listen, come with us, man, because last week we did the same songs, or not last week, the week before. We did the same songs, but were they the same? Oh, God, no, man. The Spirit of God moved in a totally different way. I even preached the same topic with some of the same references, and it was nowhere near the same. The altar time was amazing. Uh, it, we just, it was just a different thing. But that's what God's doing is, is he's wanting to revitalize this place. And you know what? We want you to come and experience it, what, it, what it's like to, to come where, where there's four people in the church, and we're bringing 18. But that's bringing fire into that place and excitement. And you know what? So... If you want to come, we'll be here 4 o'clock. We're going to be pulling out so we can get up there, amen? And we've been getting back at about 9.30 or so is what time we get back. So if you want to be a part of that, hey, God's doing things. God is doing things. There's, there's miracles happening, and, and you know what? We just need to be a part of it, amen? We need to be a part of it. Uh, there's a weekly Bible verse on there from Jeremiah 33.3. Who knows that one? Call to me, and I will answer you. Show me your great and mighty things which you do not know. God is going to show us great and mighty things when we call upon him, amen? And uh, listen, we need to keep calling on his name. There's some stuff on the other side. This is written by the lady uh, that's one of the people that are going to be ministering. It showed me where it was supposed to become cool, hipster, hippie, or generationally relevant, diluted for dummies, or toned down to be acceptable as to not be misunderstood. What's she talking about? Show me where Pentecost was supposed to be tamed. She's talking about the Holy Ghost. Where is the Holy Ghost supposed to become cool, hipster, hippie, generationally relevant, diluted for dummies, or toned down to be acceptable so as to not be misunderstood? The Holy Ghost doesn't need our lame help to make him look better. He's powerful enough to change any heart to receive him exactly how he comes with power and without reservation. Come on, man, that's that right there. I want the Holy Ghost untamed just the way he comes. Because you know what? When he shows up, things change. Things happen, amen. Uh, so that's, that's something we're, we're going to be talking a little bit about today. Not, not exactly, but uh, we're going to have all of that. But, you know, I, I heard this story this morning. I just want to kind of share real quick. Uh, there, there's somebody here in the, in the church that uh, is expecting. 
had a new mama. Mama's the one who told me to do this, April. And, and so, so Matt going to be a new daddy. What, in April? So I heard that. Look, look, she's already practicing. She got Eli over there. She already practices that. Look at it. Well, he goes, so they're expecting. So, hey, y'all be praying for them, you know, that, that, that they have a, a healthy child. And, and turns out nice like April. And uh, no. <laughs> I'm meddling now. I'm just going to stop. So, but, uh, hey, listen, man, it is, it is good to see everybody here. If you don't know, my name is Richard. I'm the pastor if you're visiting with us. And uh, we like to have fun in church. I hate boring church. Uh, I hate it when I go to a church service and they put me to sleep and I'm a pastor. Uh, if, you ever, if you ever look, pastors generally keep a pocket full of mints. And there is a reason. Because people look at us funny when we sit in a service and we start doing this. If you chew on mints, you stay awake. And so it's not always for breath. But I don't like boring church and I don't think church should be boring. Amen. So today we're going to bless the Lord with, with our giving. We have our young men that are, that are back there. Just look at them. Antsy playing with the offering trays. We're going to bless the Lord with our giving this morning. But if you're a guest, we're not asking nothing from you. We're not trying to get nothing from you. We, we want you to relax and just have a good time with the Lord this morning. Amen. And uh, But here we're givers in this church. We're givers, and, and we know that. And we're going to bless the Lord. And, you know, you can give online to newlifeag.church. We have a lot of people that do that, that watch us outside of town. Some of them are here. You can also Use the text up there, 73256, and just put NLM for New Life Marksville or Mansura, whichever one you want to say. It's just NLM, and it'll bring you to a link. Or we still take cash and checks and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so, but, you know, the Lord has instructed us about bringing our tithes, so we bring our tithes to the Lord. We always do, amen. And then on top of that, we bless him with our offerings. And can I tell you that, that the Lord is blessing this house, and he has been blessing this house and you know what? I know he's blessing people because I keep hearing how people are, are getting more and more work. And, uh, and you know why? Because it's being sown into good ground. Because we use that money around the world. That money goes to missionaries. It goes to help support different works. You know, and, and so it, it goes around and you know what? It's, it goes to support the, the live stream that, that we, we have. Uh, just just uh, Wednesday, I had to leave the service early. And just to kind of tell you, you know, I got a call from California about a month ago. And uh, there, there's a group of, of ministers over there. They ran across our live stream back middle of the year. And it was so encouraging to them to, to see us preaching and, and worshiping and all the things that we were doing, even though you guys weren't in the room. And, you know, they're still not open over there yet. And they've been passing around the links to our live streams all this time. And so what's going on here, the, the second camera seeing the crowd when it's turned on, watching you worship is encouraging people in California that they can't go to their own church. That's amazing to me. And, and I, gotta be, I got to be on a video call with them, and, and they prayed for me and us, and I got to pray for them and encourage them. And, and you know, that money gets used. It doesn't get wasted. Amen. So I just want to encourage you to just, listen, ask God, what, what would you have me to give? And then just like you go to your own garden, which I don't garden, but I go to Walmart or something. You, you sow seeds, you know. I don't go to Walmart and pick up a tomato and think, oh, that's a cucumber promise you I don't pick up a tomato because I don't like raw tomatoes other than salsa, but that's a different story. So we're going to bless the Lord with our giving this morning, and we're gonna, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to let the young man come in here and, and bless us. Amen. So, Father, we thank you for being in your house today, Lord. We thank you for all your blessings. And, Father, I pray right now that you would receive these gifts, receive these offerings, Lord, and just smile down upon us. Multiply them, Lord, that, that here at the church we would be able to continue to use them around the world. 
But, Lord, also multiply the, the gift back to the giver a hundredfold, Lord, that there would be more than enough in their homes, as your word has said, more than enough in their, in your, their homes. And I just speak this over them right now in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you for this opportunity, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead, guys. Y'all can go ahead and serve. Yes, ma'am. Sure. You want to put that in there first? Okay. Hey, hold on a second. You got to. I just want to say God had me tell you this. Uh, faithfulness. Every, a lot of you know that my faith has not, not veered, not at all. And with my granddaughter, I've just now been able to talk to her after two years. And God tells me, you know, I, I pray, draw my children to him. He, they've been listening. And he keeps telling me, don't forget your faith. And I have, I have been on a slumber, but come back up because I know God says, don't forget your faith. And I have been so faithful to him. And just last week, out of the blue, my daughter says, FaceTime. There she was. Both of us cried, and, and I remind them, God is faithful. And I just wanted to let y'all know, just be so faithful, because it will come. Hallelujah. She's been praying for that for a while. So, hallelujah. Our, our, our men are almost done serving back there, it looks like. Hallelujah. Listen, we're going to worship this morning. I want you to stand up with me this morning. We, we worship in difficult times. We worship in great times. We focus on who? Jesus. That's our focus. We come together to worship Jesus. You know, if you, if you want to worship with a flag, please feel free to come and grab a flag. And, and when you're done with it, just leave it on your chair. We disinfect them every week. But my prayer has been that God's glory would fall into this place today. That that cloud would be visible. That cloud would be visible. Because you know what? Some of us are struggling with things. Some of us need a touch this morning. Some of us need a healing. I, listen, I'm, I'm praying and believing. My mother fell this morning. She's in the hospital with a broken femur down in Lafayette. But you know what? I'm here, and I know my God is there. And you know what? I, I'm not worried about it at all because I know our prayers go there, and, and God's taking care of her. And, and so this morning, my prayer is that, God, your, your glory would fall in this place. Come on, get hungry with me. God, I want your glory today. Lord, I, I want a new experience, a fresh touch today. I don't want to leave here the way I came, God. I don't want to leave here the way I came. And Lord, let, let it not be said that I got in the way. Don't let me be in the way today, oh Father. Because Lord, I want to see your glory. I want to see your glory pouring out over this community, God. Not, not just here for me. It's not about me, oh God. It's about the fact that I want your glory to fill this place and fill me as your temple and let it flow out into this community. That it will impact every life in the community. But today, oh God, we need you as well.
We need a fresh touch from you, God. Jesus. We need a fresh touch from you. Hallelujah. Jesus.
champion of heaven you made way for all to
worship him this morning. Is the 
always take requests on songs, but when, when I heard of a young man that's been singing this next song for days, and he's about that tall, I said, you know, we're going to sing that Sunday, because if that little guy was singing it, we need to be singing it. Come on. So we're going we're gonna to sing this song right here, and, 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 and listen, just, just worship. Y'all know this song. The God I know knows only how 
Can he fail? It ain't possible.
Surround me with 
on, do that again. I'm no longer a time. Come on. I am a child of God. Come on, one more time. Scream it out. I am a child of God. I want to explain something. See, Beck was crying because she's a mother. I remember the first time she ever cried for this song. She was pregnant for Amelia. And I was up there doing a sound, and she starts to cry. And she's starting hugging her stomach. You're a child of God. You have nothing to fear. She's a mother. Amelia and Eli have nothing to fear father's over there. He's going to protect his kids with his life. So is she. You have nothing to fear. I've seen, I know many of those parents in here. Your kids should never be afraid because you take care of them, right? You supply for them. Well, God supplies for you when you're in need. You got to ask for it. something interesting, if you've never looked it up, is David Hessler who wrote this song. His mother was going to abort him. And he sang this song. And she really didn't even know he was doing that kind of stuff. And the story goes that she ended up coming to what he was doing. And he sang this. From my mother's womb You have chosen me Many people in your life have tried to abort the call of God. The enemy has used many people, but it wasn't them that called you. It was God. And the only time that call is going to be aborted is when you agree with them. Stand and sing that I am 
song, just a very simple song. I just, I want you to be able to just focus on what God's doing this morning because he is doing some things this morning in people's lives.
Give him the shoutest praise you've ever shouted this morning. Come on. Come on, you can do better now. this morning. Come on. Come on. You are worthy, oh God. You are worthy, oh Jesus. Come on, you can be seated this morning. Let our kids go ahead and head to the back. awesome worship team. Come on, y'all give some love to the worship team this morning. It's a lot easier to preach when you follow something like that. Makes my life a lot easier. My job a lot easier if you want to call it that. (laughs) I was double checking real quick because they've been sending updates on my mom and all that. and So everything's going well. The, the doctors are figuring it all out. And I was turning the air conditioners down. It's just the vents. Sometimes y'all sweat, and I don't want y'all to get hot, so, you know. Just saying. I'm just saying. Hallelujah. So, last week, being Easter, week before we talked about going beyond the palms right just standing there just waving our palms and leaving them each week you know and going beyond the the grave and and I want to talk to you this week about a dirt road experience a dirt road experience so I want to read to you something that that the Lord gave me many of us here have had the road to Emmaus experience, but we've done nothing after it. What I mean by the road of Emmaus experience is you know Jesus is risen. You know Jesus is the Messiah. You know Jesus has called you, but you just want to go back to your house and enjoy that, that knowledge. You're excited to think that God would even use you, but today Jesus is telling you and me, It's time to go beyond that road experience. Saul became Paul because of Damascus road experience. But he would have never fulfilled that calling or his name changed if he would have just stayed there. Think about that for a second. With the current prophetic movements, people are hearing amazing prophetic words, being prayed over, anointed, and even activated. Then they go back to their churches or houses and do nothing Nothing with it. 
but they do enjoy the thought of it. There's too many people sitting in churches today that, that God has spoken things over their lives and they're excited to think that God would use them. But the most exciting thing that you can see in their life is that they're excited that God would use them. It's just like me when I was called to preach. I had to finally get up and preach. If, if I would have never done anything with it, God's calling is without repentance. But you've got to do something with it. It's time for the sons and daughters to hear the voice of God. It's time for the sons and daughters to stand up and say, God, I am here. Use me. It's time for the sons and daughters of God to stop procrastinating. You can probably tell this isn't going to be one of the good ones. Hopefully you've got your boots on today. Actually, it's going to be good. It's not that bad. God has already called you and he has equipped you and he has anointed you. What else do you want? What else do you think you need? Can I tell you that when, when God first called me to preach... I worked a full-time job, didn't have time for any Bible school. And for a long time, I thought that was a bad thing. But can I tell you that I went through Bible school? Me, the Word of God, and the Holy Ghost learned a whole lot of things. Well, I learned from them, but you know what I mean. And then later on, I got an opportunity to go through Bible school. You know what I learned in Bible school? A lot less than I already knew. I learned out that those are letters in the back, and I learned out that's the books of the law up there called the Torah, and I, yeah, I learned some good things. I'm not belittling that. But just because you don't have what you think is formal education, sometimes your life experiences with this word means more than you're going to get out of a formal education. It's time to stop making excuses on why I can't. Moses made excuses. Did he still have to go? Yep, God put somebody with him that could speak. I made excuses. He fixed my excuses. He kept taking them away one by one until finally I didn't have any more excuses. I tried to make up some new ones. Didn't work. I, I want you to turn today to Romans chapter 8, verse 19. We're going we're gonna to look at some of this. Wednesday, we're going to do a little bit more of a deeper dive into some of this. So today, I'm going to, I'm going to preach this portion of it. And then Wednesday, we're actually going to dig into Romans 8. Romans 8, 19. They call this in, in, the, in the Bible a glorious destiny. I like that. The entire universe is standing on tiptoe. Yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. Who are the sons and daughters? The children of God. See, we don't have a problem singing that song earlier. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. Good. Now I want you to go out and start telling the world about Jesus. Oh, I got to work, Lord. I'm busy. Well, I want, you to, I want you to sing my praises. <coughs> my throat's hurting. We're good at that. Our lives are so busy until somebody invites us over to eat crawfish, and boy, we move heaven and earth. 
Our whole schedule gets rearranged. Talking from experience. The entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. For against it will the universe itself has done to endure the empty futility, resulting from consequences of human sin. But now, with either eager expectation, all creation longs for freedom from its slavery to decay and to experience with us the wonderful freedom coming to God's children. To this day, we are, unaware, we are aware of the universal agony and groaning of creation as it, it were in the contractions of labor for childbirth. It is time. We, we see the, the, the birth pains of God releasing things. It is not just creation. We who have already experienced the first fruits of the spirits are inwardly grown as we passionately long to experience our full status as God's sons and daughters, including our physical bodies being transformed. Now stay right there, Micah. Leave that out. I knew when I started this, some of y'all were like, well, he's not talking about me. That's not me. See, this verse right there just ruins your excuse. It just took it all out right there. Look at it. It's not just creation. We who have already experienced the first fruits of the Spirit. Who's experienced the first fruits of the Spirit? The believers are the first fruits for Jesus. So if you're saved, you're part of the first fruits, and the Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead now dwells inside of you, and the gifts of the Spirit dwell inside of you, and the first fruits dwell inside of you, and so that means that's you. Say me. Yeah. See, I wanted to say me because if you said you, you'd be talking about your neighbor. So me, we're turning it inward, right? Me. I'm also inwardly groaning as I passionately long to experience my full status as God's son or daughter. He's talking about us. The whole universe is waiting for the sons and daughters. I didn't say it. He did. It says that in the King James, too, if you don't like this translation. And in the NIV, if you don't like that one, and the Amplified, and the original Greek text. See, we moved past Easter, and now we're beginning to see that the apostles and the other believers with them had to make choices, the same choices you have to make today, the same choice you have to make. Am I just going to be a sideline person, or am I going to get in the game and allow God to use me? Listen, everybody on the sideline in the Super Bowl gets a ring. I'd be excited about the ring, but I don't think I'd flaunt it quite as much. Man, I was like the fourth string backup to the backup guy, you know? Uh, I made like $20,000 a year. They got like $100 million. Uh, I got a ring, though. I don't think I'd flaunt it quite as much. But you know what? I want to be in the game. I want to be in what God has called me to be. I want to experience the joy of what God has called me to do. I want to experience the joy of bringing him glory. But it all starts with a decision. You can have all the experiences. You can show up to all the services, get slain in the spirit, and have all the words spoke over you. But it is until you do something with it that it is not going to go anywhere. I've had words spoken over me, and I, said, I laughed until I started seeing them happen. 
but it was when I made the decision to start stepping out and doing something about it. Flip over to the book of Acts chapter 1 for me. The disciples had a decision to make. Now, remember what's been going on. Jesus was arrested. They fled, right? He was beaten, crucified, buried. Then he resurrected. They didn't believe it. He called them stiff-necked, hard-hearted, slow to heart. That's the message version of uh, Luke 24. I love it. And so here it is. We're, we're at this point. Where they now have to make a decision. Are they going to truly be the apostles? Because Jesus is gone? Or are they going to go back to being fishermen and tax collectors? Acts chapter 1. Look at this. Dear Theopolis, in the first volume of this book, I wrote on everything that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he said goodbye to the apostles. The ones he had chosen through the Holy Spirit and was taken up to heaven. After his death, he presented himself alive to them in many different settings over a period of 40 days. In face-to-face -face meetings, he talked to them about things concerning the kingdom of God. And they met and ate meals together. He told, look at it, he told them that they were on no account to leave Jerusalem, but must wait for what the Father promised. The promise you heard from me, John baptized in water, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit and soon. He told them they had to wait. They had to wait. They had to wait a while. A while. It wasn't overnight. What do you think they did? Did you just hang out and go back to their normal lives, or did they stay? They stayed. Why? Because he said, don't go anywhere. Did they live in Jerusalem? No. Lived in Galilee. They had to make a decision. Our, our Messiah is gone. Am I going to continue to follow him? You can't see what I'm doing, right? He's not here. You know, I'll wait. I'll just going to tell you a secret, something funny. I love it when, when somebody knows I'm a preacher and, like, I go to that place of business and they're cursing back there and then I always like, oh, I'm sorry, preacher man. <laughs> and they, they're back there cursing and everything and, I just, I just make this crazy comment. Some of y'all are going to like it. Some of you won't. That's okay. God heard you anyways. <laughs> I just tell <laughs> like, Why why you got to change because of me? He hears you all the time. Well, you, yeah, you're trying to respect me, but you're going to disrespect the guy that created everything like I matter. Makes no sense. Makes no sense. Listen. Jesus told them to wait, and they'll get power. They listened, they obeyed, they stayed. They listened, they obeyed, and they stayed. You know why? I think that, that they listened and they obeyed is because of the dirt road experience that they had had with Jesus for three and a half years. See, some of us are in that same boat. We've been serving the Lord now for <clears throat> how many years? We've had some experiences, but we've never quite made that final decision inside to say, you know what? I'm going all in. I'm just going to make it to heaven. Nope. I want everything. I want everything. This is where they are. They knew that if they served Christ at this point, that they would probably be beaten as well. 
right? Because, because to say that, that they denied the, the Jewish tradition and all of that meant that they were no longer under the Jewish protection. And the Romans didn't want to have anything to do with them. They lost homes. They lost land. They lost you know, all the different protections they had because they wanted to serve Christ. And you're worried about somebody laughing at you because you call yourself a Christian and you say, I can't dress like that because I don't think it's appropriate. Or, you know what, I'm not going to go out and get drunk tonight because I don't think drinking is of God. Or you're not going to watch that stupid movie because it doesn't honor God. These guys were willing to lay down their life. Lay down their life. There was two things that, that I began to look through. I want to show you as I get to the, to the main point of this today. Jesus taught a lot about sonship, and he taught a lot about being an heir. They were worried about when he was going to come back and set up his kingdom. He was more concerned about making sure they understood they had power to go out and do the job that they were supposed to do. You see how we get distracted? I need a degree to go preach the gospel, but you're full of the Holy Ghost and power. I, I, need, I need more training to stand at the door and say, how you doing this morning? Here's a bulletin. Right, Chip? I got to have a lot of training to receive the offering. Well, I don't know. Those kids are doing a great job. You see, we make excuses, guys, and I keep hitting this because I'm, I'm, I'm fixing to show you something. If you're going to call yourself a son or a daughter, then you're part of the kingdom, and there's things that we need to do. Right? I'm going I'm to quickly show you two scriptures, John 1 and 12. But those who embrace him and took hold of his name, he gave authority to become the children of God. John 1.12. If you're going to embrace his name, you are what? A child of God. Matthew 21.38. But when the tenants saw the son, they said, this is their heir. Let's kill him and we can have his inheritance. That's Jesus teaching on being an heir. Now later on in the New Testament, we find out further that we're an heir and a joint heir in Christ. Jesus was doing a parable right there. You are an heir. You are a son or daughter of God. So it's time we act like it. But here's the main point of, of that, that dirt road experience today. You don't really understand who you are. That's our problem. You don't really understand who you are. When they were walking with him on the road to Emmaus, they didn't know who he was. But once they figured it out, it changed them. Many of us, though, are more like Saul, who became Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament. He was a religious leader, very well educated, moving up in the ranks very quickly as a young man. But here it is, he meets Jesus one day on the dirt road, and I love what the the, the way the King James puts it, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And his response is, Lord, not, who are you? Lord. And according to whatever preacher you listen to, he was knocked off his donkey or whatever, but, you know, he fell to the ground, according to the word. It never said he was on a donkey. He fell to the ground. Now, why do you think he fell to the ground? Why do you think he fell to the ground? Because here he now has this deity standing in front of him. Are you just going to fall to the ground for anything? Now, I can tell you this. 
being in the military when I was in Spain, twice, had that happen twice. In the middle of the night, we were going onto the base. Well, it wasn't really a base. It was the international airport. Our helicopter was over there. We were walking through the dark tarmac, which is just the flight line area. And we heard that Uzi go click, click. That was the guard wanting to know why we were there. Can I tell you that me and, and the guy that was with me fell on our knees very quickly? We didn't try to argue with him. We didn't speak of his language, and he didn't speak of ours. I can order Taco Bell. That's about as much Spanish as I know, and not very well. We, not, we dropped to our knees, hands in air, screaming, Americana, 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 as this young man with an Uzi is standing behind us talking, and we have no clue if we're going to die. Happened twice. The second time wasn't quite as bad because we understood he was on a radio calling for a translator. You see, you're not just going to fall on your knees for anybody. You're not going to fall on your face for even less. So Saul fell on his face because he was having an experience and Jesus said, Saul, Saul, why do you kick against a prick? Why are you coming against me? And it was that experience right there that he realized this guy is real. And then he had to make a decision. Am I going to go where he tells me to go? Or am I going to keep doing what I was doing? The difference is, is he blinded him. If he blinds some of us, we make the decision a lot quicker. But we don't want to because we don't know who we are. See, when you realize that you're a son or daughter of God, you have authority. There are things inside of you that God placed through his word, through his spirit. You've got to step up and do them. But we don't want to go out and be used. What did the disciples do while they waited? Did they sit around and grump about how late it was, that we need to hurry up, the preacher, man, it's almost 1130, he ain't done yet, I'm not going to get to the restaurant time? Did they do that? Luke 24, 53 says, every day they went to the temple to praise and worship God. They were worshiping and praising God. Why did they do that? Because they knew he was alive. Flip over to Romans 8 again. I want to show you this, and, and I'm going to spend just a couple more minutes right here. I'm trying, I'm trying to get the groundwork for you to understand. You guys, I pray for an experience every week, every service, that, that the Spirit of God would be so manifested in this place that you would have an experience with Him that would forever change your life. Not, not just a, yep, boy, that changed you. You know, I, I'm talking about you know, like, like literally, you know what I'm saying? Like you're in California and there's a 10.5 coming in or something. I don't even, 12, I don't know what, I don't like, that's why I won't live in California, the ground shakes. I mean, give me a hurricane. I know it's coming. I can prepare. I don't even like tornadoes because they just, you know. I want God to so shake your world that when you walk out of here, you're just like, man, I, I've, I've got to have another one of those. When, when you literally go home today, you're like, I don't even want to go eat. I just want to go turn some worship music on and get in the presence of God because I need some more of this. But can I tell you the reality of it is, is most of us are not like that. We're going to go home and we're just going to completely tune out what happened today and we're just going to try to continue to go on our life. Oh, yeah, it's Wednesday. I got to try to get to church. 
Can I meddle for just a minute? See, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get you to understand where, where, where it is. Where's God on your priority list? When you truly know he's alive and he's real, he's number one. Number one. Why is it you're never one minute late to work, but you're constantly 15 minutes late to church? Well, it's because of my kids. They're there Monday, aren't they? Just being honest. Well, I hit traffic. There ain't no traffic on Sunday morning. Don't even go there. I was driving the other day, and I'm like, man, these people need to get a job. It was so busy, you couldn't get out. You see, when, when, when we put God where he needs to be in our life, and when we understand I am truly a child of God, man, I'm going to be on time. I'm going to be where I need to be. I'm going to be committed to what God's doing. But the problem is we don't do that. We don't do that. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. That second word right there is going to get some people. The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. Now, that should be enough right there. Not every whim of doctrine, not every emotion. Can I tell you that it's, it's simple? If you've got a lot of anxiety over something, it's probably not God. If you're in the middle of a decision and you've got a ton of anxiety, it's probably not God. And I say probably because sometimes you're the one creating the anxiety, not your spirit saying, don't do that. Don't do that. You know, I, I can remember when I, when I left my job years ago, I had no anxiety about it. Where are you going to go work? I don't know yet. I'll find something. I just knew God told me it was time. And it all popped up. And it all happened. The mature children of God are those who are moved by impulses of the Holy Spirit. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty leading you back into fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance enfolding, enfolding you into the family of God. You will never feel orphaned for he has raised, raised up within us. A lot of us have a mentality of being an orphan. I'm all alone. God, where are you? I'm all alone. You just don't seem to care. But when we figure out who we are, when we figure out who we are, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. It doesn't matter. I know his spirit resides inside of me, and I'm going to do what it is he calls me to do. And you know what? I'm not always going to like it. I never liked it when my mom said, clean your room. But I did it sometimes. Do I always do everything God tells me to do? I can guarantee you not. Because sometimes I just don't want to do it. I'm dead though. Sometimes. Don't look at me like that. Keep me eyes back there. Go talk to them. Sometimes I don't. We have conversations about things. But you know what I learned? That it is, it is way more blessed to do it. And I say it's way more blessed to do it because of the benefits of, of following what God is wanting me to do. See, I understand. I, I remember the day I was reading the scriptures and I realized I am a child of God. And better yet, I'm an ambassador of Christ. I remember. 
I, I was over at Brother Kennedy Andrews Church over in Beaumont, Texas, and I had been doing some work, and I was listening to the scriptures while I was working at his church, and I, I ran across that scripture. It came up, and, I, and the Holy Ghost told me that. You're an ambassador for Christ. And I began to think about that. As an ambassador, as a, as, as a U.S. ambassador, everywhere in the world that ambassador's feet touch is what? Sovereign American soil. Sovereign American soil. When they get into a car, that car is a sovereign American car. Riding around in Iraq, that is American soil. It is bound by the laws and protections of this country. I can tell you this. There's, there's some laws on the books that says that you can't sell a military aircraft to, to somebody without the, the transfer happening on American soil. It's actually a law. Can I also tell you they flew one out onto our aircraft carrier one time when we were in the Mediterranean. They flew on board. They did the transfers, and they flew it off. Why? Because that ship is the biggest floating American soil in the world. Everywhere you go, why do you think he told them that everywhere you put your feet, remember Israel, when they came out of Egypt, everywhere you put your feet, and they marked all of that area, that was theirs, it was claimed. As a child of God, you're an ambassador of Christ, and everywhere you go, Daddy God owns that spot. So take authority over it. Speak into it. I'm not going to go into this place and allow the spirits to wreak havoc on my, havoc on my life. I'm going to speak into it. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I'm not going to put up with that. Why? Because I don't have to. A lot of times we just want to allow these things to, to run our lives. Can I tell you the other night when that tornado was coming through, there was a whole lot of praying in my house. Of course, I was standing outside with the door up, looking, out, looking outside at it, speaking to the wind. You will not come down. You will not come down in the name of Jesus. This home is protected. This home belongs to Jesus. It is protected. And I'm speaking to it. Can I tell you that's not the first time I've done that? I've stood underneath the tornado and spoke to it before. That was pretty crazy. But it was either that or we all died anyway, so I figured we had nowhere to hide. I had about 25 teenagers outside, and all of a sudden the tornado started to form. I got them running into a wood frame building that ain't going to do nothing. So what is our choices in life? He rebuked the wind. Well, we're going to get hit by this tornado as it's forming down on top of us and probably die anyways. I'm going out swinging. <laughs> and I stood right underneath it, and I started rebuking it. But, you know, I remember my pastor did that, that exact same thing, and that's where I got the crazy idea. Then I remember Jesus did it. It wasn't me remembering Jesus first. It was remembering my other crazy pastor did it. You know that, form, that thing? It never came down. You could see it, and it just kept going, and it, it just dissipated off. Was there anything special about me? Yes, I'm a child of God. Y'all thought I was going to say no. That's the point. There is something special about you. That's the point of this whole thing. You've had an experience on the road with Jesus Christ. Now it's time you step up and say, you know what? I am stamped by the Holy Spirit of God. I am changed. I am different. I will never be the same. Will never, ever, ever be the same. Never, ever, ever be the same. I have struggles in my life, but they are struggles. That's as far as it goes. And you know what? Sometimes God pulls them away. Oh, you know that guy, Saul, that had the experience 
He had a thorn in his side he prayed against constantly. I really wish they would have told us what it was, though. There, there's, some, there's some guesses, but I'm not going to go into the guesses. But, boy, I would really love to know what it was because he prayed about it, and God said no. You may have troubles. But here's the thing. It's time. It's time you get up and say, I'm a child of God, and I'm going to act like it. It's time you get up and say, I'm a child of God, and I've got responsibilities. You know, as a child, I had to cut the grass. My son gets away, he doesn't have to cut the grass. <laughs> but I do want him to do the weed eating, though. I do, I do really want him to do the weed eating, <clears throat> Rylan. But he never does. Yeah. I knew my dad said that the lawn was your responsibility. Your responsibility. He never had to tell me to do the yard. You know why? It was my responsibility. Hey, Ronald. It was my responsibility. What is your responsibility? To reach the world. It's not much. It's not much. That's it. But I got one more scripture for you. Luke chapter 10. For those people that like to use this excuse, I'm not strong enough. I'm not, yeah, I, I could make up a hundred of them. I just have always loved this set of scriptures right here when I think about this. Luke chapter 10, verse 1 through 4. Look at this. After this, the Lord Jesus formed 35 teams among other disciples. Each team was two disciples, 70 in all, and he commissioned them to go ahead of him into the towns he was about to visit. Look at this. It's cool. Keep going. He released them with these instructions. The harvest is huge, but there are not enough harvesters to bring it in. As you go, plead with the owner of the harvest to send out more, many more workers in his harvest field. Now, off you go. I'm sending you out, even those you feel as vulnerable as lambs going into a pack of wolves. You won't need to take anything with you. Trust in God alone, and don't get distracted from your purpose by anyone you might meet along the way. I jump down to verse 8. When you enter into a new town and you have been welcomed by its people, follow these instructions. Eat what is served to you. Heal the sick. Tell them all. God's kingdom has arrived. It is now within your reach. That's what we're supposed to be doing. But can I tell you the reason I love this scripture so much? Jesus wasn't dead yet. They weren't saved. They weren't saved. They weren't full of the Holy Ghost. This is when Jesus was still alive. He was teaching them. He sent them out. They came back excited that the demons were subject to the name of Jesus. They came back excited that they were healing the sick, raising the dead, and doing all these things, but none of them were full of the Holy Ghost yet. <laughs> you have the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead inside of you. And people have to kick and prod you to do what God has called you to do. What, what has God called you to do? I don't know. Then do something. I'm telling you, there are things inside of you, and I know I've said this before, and I'm going to continue to say it in 20 different ways until you realize it. There are things inside of you that God has placed, desires that God has put inside of you. 
that if you will just step up and do them, God will make a way for you to minister to people. I, I was talking to somebody this morning, and they have a business where they, they, they do things, and God's opening doors for them to be able to minister to people while they're getting money. <laughs> What's wrong with that? You know, that, isn't that what we always tell our kids? You know, find something that you enjoy and figure out how to get paid for it, and you'll never work a day in your life, right? I, I remember hearing that many times as a kid. But you know what? There are many different things that God has placed inside of us that we can be doing that will minister to people. Not all of it is pulpit ministry, but the problem is, is we won't even do the other stuff. Can I tell you, we have many teachers in here, but very few that want to stand up and teach. Because we're afraid of the ridicule that we may get because we mispronounce an, a name or we hit a G-sharp minor wrong. I was amazed we ever made it through one of these songs today because I'm sitting there playing. I keep telling them where we're going to go next. And then once I say it, I realize we did not practice it that way. But they just did it anyways. Hallelujah. They're amazing. They hit them. I'm sitting there like, that's not how we practiced it once I told them. And they just went there. Yeah, Matt was just like, Jesus. Because his beats changed and they're a lot more difficult. They're a lot more difficult. It's not about mistakes, guys. It's about bringing him glory. And it doesn't matter how old you are. But it's time to have that road experience. Just say, God, I need a new dirt road experience. And to say, I know who I am now. In a few minutes, we're going to receive communion together. And if you don't know who you are, can you really take it? Right? Communion is reserved for the body of Christ. So if you don't know who you are, can you receive it? Just ask them a question. We want to say that we're Christians, and we want to say we're believers, but we, we don't really acknowledge it outside of that. We don't acknowledge it. So listen, I want to pray for us this morning. Then we're going to receive communion after that. Father, I thank you that we've had such an amazing time with you today. And Lord, I pray that, that the words I've spoken today will, will penetrate the hearts of people the way you planned. Lord, even though I know I may not have, have presented it properly. I still know you called me to preach. And Lord, you even know that I'm, I'm praying this prayer this way to encourage those that, that may feel called to preach or to teach, to understand that sometimes we, we just don't present it properly. But we do it all through you and all through your spirit to the best of our abilities because you've called us and you've equipped us. Lord, I know there are people in this place today that are needing the encouragement or the, the prod, whatever it may be, for them to stand up and finally say, Here I am, Lord. And Lord, I pray that you would just remove every excuse from their life. Every excuse. Every excuse and every door that they have created that they keep putting in your way. I pray they would be removed in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Listen, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to 
give you an opportunity today to receive him as your Lord and Savior. So if, if you're here today or maybe you're watching online and you say, you know what, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I just want you to get up out of your chair and come up front and we're going we're gonna to pray with you. We want to pray with you this morning. So just quickly get up out of your chair and come up front and we're going to pray with you. I know my brother's already received Christ, but I'm going to pray for him anyways, because you know what? He was telling me this morning about how God's been doing work in his life. Amen. Come on, we're going to pray together again. Let's stand up this morning. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, and I ask for your forgiveness. I acknowledge Jesus as my Lord and my Savior, and I thank you for the forgiveness and his death burial and resurrection has given me through his blood. Thank you that I am now a new creation. My old life has died and is gone. I'm no longer bound by it, and you no longer see it. Today I am a child of God. Today I know I am a child of God. Open my eyes, open my spirit, my heart, that I would fully recognize who I am through your spirit. I thank you for your forgiveness. I thank you for allowing Jesus to come for me. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Your brother, appreciate you, man. Hallelujah. He said, I know I prayed with him before, so. So listen, so find something to do. We're going to be seated for just a couple minutes, and we're going to do communion. Hey, listen, we're going to go ahead and sign off, guys. If you're watching us online, we love you. And uh, y'all can come on up, guys. We're going to go ahead and begin to sign.